worth. But uh, okay. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Banff Podcast. And here is our contractually mandated intro music. <laughs> Thank you, folks. And that musical intro assures you you're listening to a high-quality, high-production-value podcast, the finest, gluten-free, artisanally-created, farm-to-table, geeky conversation for your podcast listening pleasure. Uh, with us today, we have frequent co-host Mr. Owen Casey Stevens. How you doing, Owen? Hi, folks. Uh, I'm I'm still here. <laughs> we are glad you're still here. I know you've been struggling a lot. Thank you for making the time for us. And we have Mr. Uh, Day D... I'm tripping over this. I'm going to call you Dave, but it's D. Todd Scott, uh, the CEO of Evil Genius Games. Thank you for joining us, sir, from, from Germany, no, no less. Yeah, I'm here at Spiel. Awesome, awesome. I hope that's a good time. Hey, wow, we've uh, we've got folks watching already. Hey there, Tales from Professional Nerd. Thanks thanks for joining. So, uh, Mike, if you if you trip over Dave's name too much, you can just refer to him as the evil one. <laughs> the evil genius yes fair enough um so uh not to bury the lead uh but dave uh there has been sh shenanigans going on um over at netflix with the rebel moon uh let me share you guys have a banner for a uh a link for this and people can go and check it out um get the full story as well as a link to your uh petition but can you give us you know kind of quick summary of what's going on there yeah, absolutely. Uh, gosh, and and it's funny because you know there's been a, there. Uh, Owen was in the room when it happened, uh, which is sort of an interesting uh, interesting twist. Yeah, full full disclosure to folks. Uh, I I was hired as editor in chief uh, at Evil Genius Games, uh, and I am currently still doing consulting work for them. Uh, and I was in the very early stages. Uh, I didn't do any of the work on this project, but I was in some of the meetings. Uh, with with zach and some other folks uh including people dave had hired so do not come to me for an unbiased opinion on this uh i i am here very specifically because i believe that there is some bullshit going on and uh i don't think it's it's evil genius that is guilty uh of the perfidy in this case so that's my position back to dave yeah, so if I could just step back, Mike, I'll tell you a little bit about our background. So, you know, we basically make the spiritual successor to D20 Modern. So, you know, uh, it's called Everyday Heroes. Uh, and it is basically the ultimate modern day role playing game using the D20 Modern concepts, fifth edition, some fifth edition concepts, so on and so forth. When we first conceived of the business, you know, I, as a huge D20 fan, I was just excited to have uh, a system out there that was modern that use some of the modern 5e elements rather than 3.5 elements. But for some strange reason, I didn't, I didn't think we went far enough. So I decided to, uh, to, to go out to Hollywood, knock on doors and go, you know what, can we make licensed games based on your properties? Um, uh, total glutton for punishment uh, in that process. And uh, it took a while. Like at first, no one understood what we were doing. No one got it. Um, you know, I, uh, um, I had a hard time convincing people to give me these licenses, but over time we built relationships with a number of them. And, uh, you know, what I always tell people is, is that ultimately we signed, uh, eight licenses, worldwide exclusive licenses for our 2023, uh, cinematic, uh, <laughs> cinematic adventure paths. Uh, we could have signed 20, uh, because we got so much interest at that point in time, which was great. Uh, we should have signed four because eight, 
basically broke us in terms of getting I, all this out within 12 month period. I, I laughed because I, I, I was there for the scheduling for the eight and uh, 20 would in fact have driven us insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a full hike. Um, and so, you know, you know, through that process, I had started building relationships with people like Netflix and Amazon prime and Paramount plus, and all these folks who have got amazing titles. And after about a year of sort of working with the Netflix people, getting to know them, they said, hey, we have this property we think is really, really interesting. Um, and I'm like, well, what is it? They're like, it's a Zack Snyder property. And I'm like, I like Zack Snyder. Tell me more. Uh, and then they, they told me the story. And, and basically the story is Zack Snyder had written a script. And this is all public knowledge, or at least from what I know, it's what I'm telling you is from what I've read. Is Zack Snyder had written a script for Star Wars and uh, pitched it to George Lucas. And George Lucas said, no, no thanks. Uh, then he actually went out and pitched the script, uh, pitched the script to Disney once Disney bought Lucasfilm and Lucasfilm was like, nah, no, no, thank you. So then what they did was he actually went over to Netflix and he goes, listen, if you give me like a billion dollars, I don't know how much it was. I'll build your own Star Wars franchise. And they greenlit the project. So this is very much, you know, Zach's sort of, of, um, of like, you know, love love letter to Star Wars, but he took it a whole nother level, right? He, he Zack Snyder fied it. Uh, things along those lines. And the first thing he said was, bring me a tabletop role-playing game. Um, and, um, you know, my hunch is, is that, first of all, I think it was a very smart move. Uh, and, you know, the way that he described it to us and what we talked about in the lawsuit is, you know, he felt like the the Rebel Moon story that he was telling was one story in the universe, right? Like, the Skywalker saga is one story in the Star Wars universe, but he wanted help building out the rest of the universe um, so that more stories could be told so that he could start thinking about books and podcasts and, and, uh, and animation and stuff like that. And what he felt was, was that if you build a role-playing game, people, you've got to ask all those questions. You've got to answer all those questions. And this is not dissimilar to what Bill Slavisek did back uh, with the Star Wars franchise, he literally uh, mm. was with a cantina full of aliens that had no background or name. And Bill and his team literally named every single one of those guys. And I actually believe that it was Bill's contribution to Star Wars that made Star Wars the brand that it is today. The, yeah, but... the Star Wars, the West End game, Star Wars role playing game uh, existed in a very crucial time to to carry forward Star Wars when there were no new movies planned, there were no series planned. Uh, the, the the there were no new toys planned um and then when they started doing more and more expanded universe stuff uh, it was those west end game books that were sent to authors and said hey this this is what we know about the background of the universe uh, along with bill's original you know guide to the star wars universe so that is that is absolutely a uh, an example uh that we were talking about in those meetings uh with with zach and uh it's a reference we came up with a lot. And, you know, one of the things they were talking about is, right, they wanted this to be a Rebel Moon RPG. And uh, there was originally just a little bit of concern that we're talking about using the Evil, gen the evil Geniuses uh, Everyday Heroes system. And uh, I was able to assure them, look, when the West End game Star Wars role-playing game came out, right, that was actually using the game system from the Ghostbusters role-playing game. But no one ever thought of it as the Star Wars supplement for Ghostbusters, right? It was the Star Wars role-playing game. When we did the D20 
uh, Star Wars game that I was involved with. It was just the coast that was never branded as D and D does lightsabers. It was always the Star Wars and, 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 you know, those changes that needed to be made were made. And they were, they were very excited at least in the meetings I was in. And as, as I said, I was only in the very early part of the process, but but a lot of them were very excited. And David put together a team that had, you know, historians uh, and novelists uh, and uh, people who had experience uh, putting together uh, setting Bibles. Um, some some great people who were, I, I only got to see just the first glimmers of what they were doing, but it, it was one of the... I, Ignoring me, it was one of the best teams I've seen get put together for a project like this. So the, the this was not a, despite the speed at which it got done, uh, because Evil Genius likes to take on giant projects and do them in half the time and and get no sleep. Uh, it, it was it was a great team producing great work, and and if it doesn't see the light of day, that's that's going to be a huge tragedy. So what what um, just to get get to the crux of the matter, what Netflix do? Yeah. So, you know, uh, as Owen said, we built an amazing team and inside of six to seven months, we built this game. Uh, but in order to build the game, we had to fill in a lot of holes. Right. And so uh, we, you know, as a, as a matter of fact, to build a great game, we had to think about things like the origin of the universe, um, all the different species, what planets existed. Um, and a lot of that stuff is stuff that we're like, Hey, this is missing. What, what do you want us to do? And they're like, go create it. <laughs> you know, we're like, all right, like, cool. Are you cool that this planet has like a negative Celsius, you know, uh, is, 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 you know, you know, has, uh, you know, zero G gravity. Are you cool that this planet is circled by seven suns? Yeah, yeah, go for it. And so we literally sat down and, and sort of played God and crafted this entire universe. And by the end of it, we had put together what I thought was just an amazing, amazing role-playing game. It was broken into two books. The player's hand guide, uh, player's handbook, and the game master's guide, and we did that for very, very specific reasons. I can't tell you because we, I can't divulge anything regarding the movie itself. But when you see the movie, you'll see that the way that we designed this game, uh, well, hopefully, but you'll uh, just believe me uh, that the way that designed the game was very, very purposeful in that regard. Um, and in lightning speed, we put together some amazing manuscripts for them to approve. I mean, the game was pretty much ready to go um, without. You know, obviously, all the illustration and and um, and uh, graphic design that goes into a, a book like this. So, what happened? Mm -hmm. Early on, we knew they asked us to get this book out in alignment with the actual movie being released, which is taking place on December twenty second this year. And we looked at each other and said, "Holy cow, that's a very short time period of time to put together one book, let alone two books." Now, luckily. Uh, and Owen just talked about sort of the evil engine, right? The engine, the, the evil everyday heroes engine. Luckily, we had that because we could prototype. We could bring a lot of the elements of the everyday hero system into the game very, very quickly, as well as pull from phenomenal 5e inspirations like Esper Genesis, um, which was which was is my is um, as far as I'm concerned, a really, really excellent example of a fifth edition version of science fiction. Um, and we were able to pull the game together really, really quickly. Um, and the only reason we could do that is because we had all this pre-existing work that we could rely on. So what we could focus on over the, over the six or seven months was really focus on building and inventing, <clears throat> coming up with this lore, this world and the details around it. 
but we always knew that we 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 had we had a short time with time frame to be able to get the book out but then also to get it into stores so we asked them permission to go to the gamma expo uh, which is the largest sort of trade show uh, in the in the industry where retailers and distributors come. Uh, we had a couple speaking slots that we had we had we had been given, and we knew that we wanted to talk about it to generate excitement with the retailers. So we sat down with them as early as January, three or four months before Gamma Expo, and said, "Hey, uh, we'd like to go to the show. Here's what it means to us. This is why it's important for the commercial aspect of of releasing this game. Is it okay we do it?" And then they came back and said, not only is it okay that you do it because we understand the commercial aspects of getting a product out, but we'd like to go with you. And if we go with you, a couple of things happen. One is we can show some, some footage from the, from, the, from the film, which would be cool for the retailers. Uh, but then second is, is like, you know, we want to meet some of these retailers ourselves. We want to help tell the story. We want to get to know them. So we were like, yeah, that's awesome. Come. Um, and then... Um, a month before the Gamma Expo was to happen, the person who was our primary contact for Netflix got fired. And another person was ushered in. Uh, and um, and uh, we had to start over from the relationship building, which I think was probably an interesting element to this. But at the end of the day, we actually went to Gamma. Uh, not only did one Netflix executive come, but two came. Uh, we actually co-created a presentation where we talked about the movie and the game alongside itself. We reviewed all that with, with the actual Netflix folks who were okay with it at the time. In the PowerPoint presentation, we showed some pictures of um, potential character classes that we'd created, uh, as well as, as potential cover art. None of it, of course, was approved because we had not gotten there yet to the art process. Um, but all of that was approved by them as well. And they uh, also helped hand out documentation, which actually included some of those images on it, uh, the Netflix executives. We presented, we had a great presentation. It was packed to the gills. Um, and we followed every single protocol that Netflix wanted us to follow. So for example, Netflix asked us to make every single retailer sign an NDA and they did or else you couldn't get into the presentation. Second, they made every single retailer relinquish their, their, their phone. So no recording could happen in the session either. And we literally put phones in Ziploc bags and handed them back to them uh, after we sealed it up tight. Um, and that was a part of the process too. So from my perspective, we went through every single precaution in order to make sure that people wouldn't link the information. But of course, what happens? It still gets leaked. Uh, and about a month after they decided that, uh, the leak was, uh, was uh, our fault, uh, and that we didn't have approval to do the presentation in the first place. And they used that for grounds to cancel the contract. That is infuriating. That's, uh, a, yeah, I don't have anything but uh, outrage for the way you got. I mean, especially after putting together how many pages of content was that? Over a thousand pages of written, and, and, written word. And that's before layout and art. Good God. Before so. layout. So, Dave, um, I I have obviously not been privy to the contract, right? That was not my job when I, when I was working at this. Um, but in addition to giving you a license to to make a role playing game, 
was the contract also them paying you for creating this world bible no okay yeah, yeah so the scope of the contract was we paid them for the privilege of writing the game right we uh yeah it in 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 anticipation of being able to sell the game of which they would get a cut of the gets royalties or a cut of the money that we would make from the game itself uh, and now they're saying that they've canceled the contract but the material you've written that they have not currently paid for uh including material that that you created whole cloth netflix is saying they own and and that's the rub right is 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 it's amazing on how broad they're making their appeal where it could almost be interpreted that they would not only own anything that was related to Rebel Moon, but they would also own our IP, our entire Everyday Heroes, Everyday Heroes role-playing system. <laughs> um, and that's the problematic component of how they're approaching this: is that they're they're sort of they're 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 um, they're really taking an extremely broad approach toward the, their seizure of our IP. Um, and, and that's tough. That's tough for us to. That to, was that was one aspect I hadn't heard. So they're they're trying to take the Everyday Heroes game engine away from you. Well, you know, I mean, it's 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 the the language is so broad and so unspecific. It uh, it, it it says that they get to keep everything that we wrote during the during the during the time of the contract itself. And of course, what one of the issues with that is that Rebel Moon itself started as a different property and then became Rebel Moon. So it stuff stuff that you make for one purpose, if it is sufficiently uh, scrubbed clean of the original IP, can be used for another purpose. Rebel Moon is is proof of that, right? Because it started as a Star Wars project. That's well known. Um, I also want to to note. Uh, I know a lot of people um, hear that someone's making a role playing game based on a property, and they're like, oh, well, that's a bunch of geeks sitting in a room. Uh, and it, the 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 creator isn't involved, and and it's it's like expanded universe stuff. Um, the there were meetings uh, with Zach, uh, with Zach's lore guys, uh, where we did not, and I'm not going to reveal anything about what what actually was discussed because I'm under NDA too, but we discussed uh, not just specific details, but things like themes. What are the themes you're trying to drive? What what is this universe's uh, feel what sets this apart from what makes this different from Star Wars? What other things that you've done is this similar to? Um, so that and 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 the the people participating on on the the Zack Snyder uh, slash Netflix side uh, were really excited to get into those conversations and 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 specifically wanted a setting bible that they could give to a novelist uh, or, or give to someone making, you know, toys like the old Kenner Star Wars toys or so that they could say, hey, <clears throat> this is the universe. And it is no shock to me that Netflix wants access to that material. Right. Um, and certainly I get that Netflix does not want anything that already existed uh, to to, to be lost to them, right? They, they don't, the names of, of specific characters, uh, you know, they, there are some stuff in like any, any movie there, there's some references to history and characters and, and how the governments are set up and what worlds are around. Some of that stuff's in there and they, they clearly should get to keep all that. Um, but, you know, just, just imagine if you were trying to make a product and you wrote three pages of an outline for an adventure that's unrelated to, to anything that's on there. Uh, and then they say, well, we're canceling the contract. So it is no longer an enforce. Uh, and having canceled it, everything you worked on, even if we haven't seen it, we now own. 
Yeah, it uh, it sure sounds like um, overreach, and you know, in these days of the uh, you know the strikes we've seen, you kind of you've been hearing a lot about this kind of behavior, you know, on the part of studios. And worse, it, it doesn't have to be intentional overreach, right? Uh, Dave was talking about the broad language. Um, you you could make the argument, well, they don't mean to steal your actual role playing game, but the problem is that that requires you to say, well, this contract. Uh, if, if their language we let pass and they act in good faith, it'll be okay. But one, they've already canceled it and said that they get everything. So good faith is a little thin there. Two, the contract survives people leaving, right? Evil Genius's main contact with Netflix was already fired. So if you don't challenge the language and say, hey, you're, you, you can't describe things that could be interpreted as you get our role-playing game engine, uh, you get our core rulebook, et cetera, because you don't know two, three, four, five years from now who's going to end up making those decisions at Netflix who may never have talked to any of you, who may have no idea what a a, a tabletop role-playing game is, uh, who might be like, oh, look, uh, here's another whole product that according to this contract, the way I read it, we own, and then you've got another lawsuit on your hands. So, um Cut you. I, I've I've beat this drum before. Uh, contracts are super super important. Anytime you're dealing with the transfer of ideas or money or rights, any of that. Um, but it's not just important. You have one. You need to read them. Uh, you need to agree to the language. And if you've got concerns, uh, there's a good chance you need to get a lawyer involved. Yeah, okay, I gotta, so I gotta tell you, we you know we 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 had some amazing lawyers. We have one of the top five lawyers in in IP licensing that works for us. Um, you know, we have, we've got, uh, Brian Lewis who, uh, with Azora, who's, uh, who's on our legal team. Now, Brian was not involved in this agreement. And I just want to be very clear about that, but we do try to work extremely hard to make sure that we've got some of the smartest minds around this sort of stuff around us. And even, and even this was a scenario we had never foresaw. Um, you know, even the best lawyers, uh, could never foresee, uh, this type of situation happening. So it, it, it happens to the best of us for sure. Okay, so let's talk about the campaign. Um, I pulled up your website here, and for anyone who's listening on iTunes later, um, this is evilgeniusgames.com slash Netflix dash lawsuit. Uh, they have a petition there. Uh, we're trying to get to 3,000 signatures, and we want to spread the word on social media, try to show those excitement and you know outrage over what's happened to Evil Genius Games. And um, it looks like, uh, well, Dave, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, what, what is your guys' goal with this campaign here? Yeah, so, you know, the, 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 the goal of the, of, the, of the lawsuit is really just three things, right? One is we'd like to be acknowledged for the work that we did on, this, on the Rebel Moon world. Two is we'd like to be fairly compensated for the work that we've contributed. Uh, and then three, uh, you know, we'd, we'd, like, we'd like to see this game come out. Um, and so uh, what this, this, this uh, petition is really about is, is to really sort of show, show um, Netflix that there's interest in this game and people would like to see it. Um, so if you'd like to see the game, we'd love for you to sign this petition uh, because I'd like you to play it. I think it was an amazing game that we created um, and I'd like everyone to play it. I'd like everyone to give it a shot and see what they think if they agree with me. Um, so that's what this is about. I mean, at the end of the day, we'd love to get this game back out. Uh, we'd love to be able to have people see it. Um, and uh, what we're hoping here is, is that we can show that there are thousands of people out there who also want to see the game as well. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. We've got some hashtags people can use when they're talking about this. Uh, hashtag give them credit. Hashtag release the game. Hashtag Rebel Moon Blues. Uh, mentions Evil Genius Game at Netflix, at Zack Snyder. Trying to get, you know, response and visibility from those folks. Um, uh, this is a terrible thing. I'm sorry you guys are having to deal with this, Dave. No, I mean, that's okay, right? I mean, it's it's the, the good news is, is we feel really, really confident that we've got a strong case. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we can't wait to sort of, you know, see how this plays out and, and we think we'll prevail. Uh, and then when we prevail, that'll be only a good thing. Uh, so, um, the, the question is, you know, um, do we have the patience, uh, you know, and, and, and to, to play, to play the game of chicken? And the answer is, is yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to make sure Netflix understands that we're ready to take this to the mat because we 100% believe that what they did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we did was right. Um, and um, I, I, it's probably premature to talk about dates in terms of lawsuits like these. I know things tend to drag on a bit. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it, it's uh, it, uh, that that kind of stuff is sort of like, you know, not dictated by us, right? We filed. Uh, they have 21 days from the time of filing to respond. They've got a lot of things they can do to, to extend that time frame or slow it down or speed it up. Um, and so right now, you know, we, we lay down our first set of cards. It's their move, um, you know, and let's see if that, what kind of land they play. What kind of land they play. Nice. Uh, and in, in terms of striking while the iron is hot, right. Uh, pretty clearly this game won't be coming out with in December, right. Even if they called Dave after this and said, Oh my God, we had no idea we were being such jerks here. Go ahead. Uh, it just layout and art and, and final editing, those things take time, uh, indexing, et cetera. But uh, they've made it very clear that, that that this Rebel Moon is part one and they want to build a franchise. So there are going to be other releases of Rebel Moon content that could be tied in with this timing-wise. So Yeah, Mike, my, my, uh, Owen just made an inside joke there about indexing because he indexed the Everyday Hero <laughs> by himself uh, over like a three, a three or four-day period. Sleepless that nights. sounds like a, that's a good time right there. <laughs> it, it was 36 hours straight with no sleep and a lot of coffee. Um, but, uh, you know, at the time I was taking the role of editor-in-chief and and uh, it had to get done. And indexing RPGs, um, there aren't a lot of people with a lot of experience doing it. And the ones that there are, uh, are, are very much uh, experienced grognards who have no need to take your job on your time frame if they don't want to. Uh, so, you know, I, I tried to get other indexers to do it. And I'm like, yeah. sure, I'll index your game. Uh, I'll take three to four months. Okay, I I understand you're a pro. That's your. I, I I in no way am I I saying that you you wouldn't do a great job or that that's an unreasonable time frame. We just can't do that with our schedule. Uh, and oh, and I gotta say, we've not had a single uh, complaint about the index. Well, that's actually really nice to hear. <laughs> um, and and I gotta say, they haven't asked me to do an index since, so uh, I, I have not. I have not had to pull uh, all night and day and a halfers, which I'm I'm not as up for as I was in my 30s. Um, but I mean, it's it's the, the so what can you do to to, to help? Uh, so first of all, if you know Zack Snyder fans who would like to see a Zack Snyder role playing game, uh, I think that's the whole reason that one of the hashtags is release the game, right? Because release the the Snyder cut was a huge social movement, um, and I. You get me on a different podcast at a different time, and I'll tell you whether I think it was worth it or not. But clearly, uh, Zach and people that work with Zach uh, can be impressed and moved uh, by 
by social movement. And there's a there's a an active Zack Snyder fan base. Um, and I think that they would like to see, you know, this is this is not other people writing about Zack Snyder in a vacuum, right? That, that those those he was in those early meetings and his handpicked people that that were working with him on it uh, continued to to be, you know, with the project exactly release the Snyder RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a great hashtag. Um, but also we're we're in a weird era uh, for content that exists that no one gets to see, right? Uh, Netflix. As I understand it, uh, there is an entire season of uh, Grendel as a series, eight episodes that that was put together, uh, and they were cutting together the pilot, and that got canceled, and no one's ever going to get to see it. Um, and I don't, you know, maybe there's, I'm, there's there's a bunch of examples of that over at HBO slash Max that have you know made the headlines, and I, yes, I, I get I, the feeling like that mentality from Fox in the '90s just kind of disseminated into Hollywood leadership, and they just kind of reflexively cancel stuff. I I think that well, and you know, like with cancel when HBO when, when Max canceled uh, Batgirl, they're they're taking a tax write off, saying that their asset has devalued, and their asset is devalued because they're not showing it to anyone. So, I mean, I'm not a tax lawyer, but the argument, it sounds to me like you're saying, well, I bought a new car and I put it in the garage, but I nailed the door shut so I can't use it. So it's devalued. Well, yeah, because you nailed the door shut. Um, but creatives, uh, you know, we we put our heart and souls into these projects. And uh, James Lauder, who's got a huge uh, history working with game-based IPs, uh, the TSR book line and and uh, book of all flesh for for all flesh must be eaten and and a bunch of other stuff uh, has mentioned that that creatives may have to start looking at in contracts having something to say oh and if you decide not to release it we get to um yeah. because that you're or or some sort of protection because mm-hmm. it is it is all of these creative writing jobs are hard enough and pay badly enough as it is we don't need any examples of hey what do you do in 2023 oh well i spent most 2023 working on this awesome thing you'll never get to see and which i can't legally show you that that will not retain the best and brightest in our industry um so get if if you're if you're a fan of gaming or of evil genius or of writers or of Zack snyder content all those venn diagrams come together to hey let Netflix know that you want to see this. Yeah, you you know, to... the thing about it is, is who knows whether or not this will move the, net, the needle on Netflix. Like they've got a long history of, uh, you know, the, the TV industry, the movie industry, the film industry has a long history of canceling stuff that people want to see. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's still going to be important to let Zach know that people want this product. Um, and just for the record, I just want to let you know, like, I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan. And I became more of a fan as I got to know him. Um, we talked regularly during this period and he's an awesome guy and he's so creative and we really loved building this game with him. Um, and I have no idea how, what he thinks about this, about this lawsuit, but I really hope that he's just as beside himself as anyone else is because it wasn't, it, it was, it was, it was days before we got the cancellation that he and his team were praising our, our, um, are praising us for the work that we were doing, um, you know, and talking about how awesome it was and how they couldn't wait to put it into canon, like days before. So this really feels to me like the left hand doesn't really know what the right hand is doing. 
And I hope to God that like the Zack Snyder fans kind of rise up and say, Zach, like, what's your thoughts on this thing? Because I really want him to come back and go, you know what, Netflix, what are you doing? Right. So and, 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 product, I want this product. Let's get this product out the door. So uh, listeners and viewers, please tag Zack Snyder in your tweets about this. If you happen to be in Zack Snyder's uh, disc golf league or you play pickleball with him on Tuesdays, bring this up. Get him on the record because this is uh, this is egregious. Well, and not only have we lost uh, getting this game out, and, and by we, I mean Dave, because as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not that involved with the project. I, I'm just biased. Um, but there was an opportunity, potentially, to have uh, Zach or some of his people at Gen Con, to have Zach at Essen right now, uh, to have, you know, these. it was not impossible that 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 we could have had the direct interface of having people be able to say, "Hey, this preview uh, mentions this game mechanic," and 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 Dave or 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 uh, Goober or someone else, right, mentioned that that was specifically built for this theme. And how do you see that theme working? That conversation could have happened. Um, we, it, it would have been the equivalent of of having you know George Lucas and Bill Slavisek sit down and talk about uh, how many dice of force powers should a Jedi have, and. I, I, that's one of the things that I, I want to see the game. I want people to get credited for the work. I want people to get paid, but I also want to see treating tabletop role-playing games as a creative entertainment and form of art that is valuable and important, um, have that conversation occur. And this was an opportunity for that. And, and so I'll, I'll tell you just, just to that, like, I, I don't know if I'm violating anything on this, but I, but I don't think I am. And I'm just going to tell you, Zack Snyder's flight and hotel was bought and paid for, for Gen Con. Yeah. And yeah. he and when we talked to him about getting this out and playing this game in front of people and him talking about the game and th he was all in. Um and um uh and my perspective was this was unprecedented in role playing game development to be able to build a game side by side with the with the person who's the sole visionary. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. Um All right, I, right folks. I, as a Greed Ronin developer, I got to play uh, the Thieves World role-playing game with Lynn Abbey, uh, who's the, the you know the editor-in-chief and, and lore holder of Thieves World, um, and uh, uh, Rob Schwalb, who who did the majority of the, the hard work on building that thing. And that was not a public event, right? That was a little private event. Uh, Lynn was interested. We, we were all together at, at Gen Con. We did that. Um, but that was a different kind of experience that, that a public version could have occurred and we we could have taken uh i don't want to overstate but but it it you you potentially could have had you know zach snyder um or his director of photography or 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 some of the people that that worked on the script right playing characters in this game publicly uh, and talking about that process and i i really think that would have been uh great marketing not just for this game and this movie uh, but for the idea of role-playing games as serious entertainment. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I'll, I'll tell you that like this, this might've been the first time I've ever, I've ever seen it happen. It won't be the last time. Uh, you know, we still maintain phenomenal relationships with Hollywood. We've got some projects coming into 2024, which are unprecedented as well. I can't wait to announce them uh, where we're on the formative stages of a lot of these franchises as they, as they're coming up. And so, I think this is hopefully where it will go. I believe that there's a strong intersection that needs to happen and can't happen between 
TTRPGs, which is essentially a storytelling mechanism, and film and, and TV, which is a storytelling mechanism to come together. And I'm excited that Evil Genius Games gets to be on the forefront of all that. Yeah, I, I greatly admire what you guys have been doing. I mean, as you mentioned before, we had a ton of movie properties, and it's nice to see someone other than Wendy's realizing the outreach potential of an RPG. So. <laughs> or or uh, Old Spice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, just the initial launch had uh, Kong and Rambo and Universal Soldier uh, and Highlander and Crow and way back in 2000 when i was hired by wizards of the coast to work on the d20 system um we had the star wars license uh had a one-shot call of cthulhu license uh had the wheel of time license um and for a brief glorious moment uh wizards of the coast had the star trek license now the star trek license was then not renewed by paramount uh and and the game was uh moved to a different company but we and, and they were talking about uh having the Lord of the Rings book license, which was the thing that they could have gotten. It, it wouldn't have included the movies. But there was this moment where you could have had a game system, a single system that said, hey, uh, Randall Thor and Darth Vader uh, <clears throat> and Captain Kirk walk into a bar, right? That, that was going to be an option. And um, if you are a fan of Highlander and The Crow, for example, and you think to yourself, well, those stories could happen in the same universe, yeah, they can, but not only can they happen in the same universe, um, you know, I've, I've gotten to see previews of some of this stuff, and I'm not going to give any details because I don't know what's been approved, but, like, if you get a hold of the Crow role-playing game, there's some awesome stuff in there that you have never seen and heard before, which has been approved by the IP holders that was worked with. Um, I've gotten to see previews uh, of some of the, you know, like, Skull Island content that just, whether you're a fan of role-playing games or not, and if, if you're not, I'm not sure exactly how you got uh, to this broadcast but um if you're a fan of of the legendary monster universe uh and kong and and the skull island movie that thing will be worth getting just as a lore book uh yeah. but if if you want you know uh, an immortal a a possessed uh, undead agent of revenge and a scientist end up on skull island um that's a thing that that everyday heroes and evil genius supports being able to do so uh, that's one of the things that got me super so, excited when I interviewed with, with Dave, uh, originally last year. Uh, and I still think it's a thing that, that is going to provide every time evil genius puts out a new everyday heroes book, uh, especially a new IP. Um, that's not a brand new game. That is a new set of rules and additions for taking that story, uh, and running it with this core system. And that means that those things can all come together. So what I think I'm hearing here is that in a future release, Kong is a Highlander. Uh, I mean, no, I think those no. are, I think those are both templates. Right. So if you want Kong to have to be decapitated to be killed, I think you could do that. Uh, Much to Godzilla's dismay, of course. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if atomic heat breath can, in fact, sever a neck. Um, <laughs> but I say that, and then stupidly, I think in the first Godzilla movie, he in fact grabs a muto, breathes into its mouth, and severs its neck. So yeah, Kong has <laughs> killed in canon. Kong, Godzilla is prepared to kill Highlanders. You heard it here, folks. The <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Godzilla is prepared to kill Highlanders, and that's a movie I would pay to see. Um, see what? So hey, uh, check out EvilGenius.Games.com/slash/Netflix-lawsuit. Uh, please tweet uh whatever you do on blue sky i don't know what the verb is for blue sky yet but um bring it up use the hashtags get some eyeballs on this because uh as owen said at the top of the show this is some bullshit so um 
I have to wrap things up shortly and get back to my uh, my day job. Um, Dave, if you don't mind, Owen had wanted to mention uh, some of his uh, his benefit products that he's doing right Please. now. Are we cool? Yeah, I'm a big okay. supporter. So. I, Dave right. is a big supporter, in case anyone didn't know. Dave's, Dave's been extremely helpful, and I appreciate it. Uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, uh, I'm fighting cancer. Uh, cancer is also some bullshit. Um, if you know anyone fighting cancer, uh, bring them a casserole because it's exhausting. Um, so uh, some people in the industry uh, are, are working to help me. Uh, 15 publishers came together. Uh, actually, let's start with that link. Uh, I've got a Patreon, patreon.com. It supports all of my social media and my website. It's got I think 700 articles on my Patreon about uh, role-playing rules and content and the industry uh, and how to be a developer, et cetera. So uh, you can support me by joining my Patreon. Uh, if you just want to give me money and look at pictures of my housemate's cat, uh, I've got a Kofi, so uh, they don't take a cut. You can, you can send money and it'll get directly to me. Uh, a lot of people have preferred doing that. Um, speaking of my housemate's cat, uh, all right, we'll do the mega bundle next. Uh, 15 okay. publishers came together. Uh, and I put together 1,000 PDFs. No, sorry, 355 PDFs worth over $1,000, and they're for sale only at the open game store. Uh, these are all open game products, uh, and it's 40 bucks. So it is, to the best of my knowledge, the best deal in gaming. Um, that's the Mega Bundle. Uh, yeah, cancer, cancer does suck, and I'm sorry about your grandpa. Uh, it's terrible. Um, and then, uh, in addition to the Mega Bundle, uh, some pathfinder 2 creators and editors and artists some great people some good friends of mine uh, came to me and said they wanted to do a uh support product um so they wrote the traveler's guide to the darklands and i mentioned my my housemate's cat because my housemate's cat is uh alphonse lord tubbington of sausage on chonk um they took his image and created uh, alphonse lord tabbington a tabaxi cat folk explorer who is the guide for the Traveler's Guide to the Darklands. So you can go pick that up as well. And uh, just for anyone who might be listening to this and not viewing it, um, Darklands you can find at tinyurl.com slash travdarklands. Uh, the Mega Bundle, likewise, you can find at tinyurl.com slash owenmegabundle. And his Patreon, Owen's Patreon, you can find at patreon.com slash Stevens. So, Owen, thank you for co-hosting. Always a pleasure to have you on board, sir. Thanks for having me. Dave, I appreciate you joining us from Germany. Thanks for having you're very me. busy right now. Yeah. And to all listeners and viewers, uh, please uh, follow up on this issue on your social media. Let's get some attention. And we will catch you next time on the BAMF podcast. Bye, folks. <laughs>